Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Natural High, which is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of happiness in all its glorious forms. This week, we're all going to get a superb health boost as I speak to Dr. Navana Taranian, who's a licensed and board-certified naturopathic doctor. Naturopathy uses natural treatments to help the body heal itself. So we have a wide-ranging conversation about the vital importance of blood type, IV shots, whether coffee's bad for you, the pros and cons of fasting and supplements, the power of placebo, whether there's a silver bullet for a healthy life, and loads, loads more. It's been a really great lesson for me from someone who's so well informed about general health and also offers some new perspectives. I feel you'll be able to take some great nuggets of wisdom away with you from this one. You can find out all about Dr. Nirvana and her work at drnirvana.com. That's drnirvana.com. When you go to the site, please also check out her podcast. Since the show, I've subscribed to it because it offers regular bite-sized chunks of really useful and relevant health advice. And you can follow us on Twitter at Natural High Club. Enjoy the show. The Natural High. Hello. To tell you, I I have no idea what's going with my Wi-Fi at my home office. So I'm apologizing for being tardy, and I'm hoping this will not disconnect. That's incredibly nice and polite of you, but it's not a problem at all. And I have technological issues pretty much every day. <laughs> I feel I feel like we, my husband and I, have been experiencing a lot of them in our home. Um, I don't know. It's like we're in some sort of Mercury retrograde cloud. I Fascinating. Are you based in SoCal? I am. I'm in Irvine. Right. Okay, fine. And so you, you'd imagine you'd have pretty good Wi-Fi connectivity there. I have similar issues, though. Um, I live right by Sutro Tower in San Francisco in Twin Peaks. Do you know San Francisco well? Yeah, not very well. Just very little. But you probably know the iconic Sutro Tower, which is sort of the the highest point in San Francisco. And we live really close to there. Beautiful place to live, but the the cell phone reception and internet connectivity in general is not great. Oh, it figures, doesn't it? It's frustrating. Technology is supposed to make our lives easier. (laughs) You would think. (laughs) You would definitely think. I'm so happy to connect with you. Yeah, amazing. The, the feeling is mutual. And um, when I read about your your life uh, on your website, I looked at the about page and um, and I started reading and said, if you're interested in feeling more vitality in your life, I'm like, yes, go on. Having optimal health in mind, body and soul, I'm like, yeah, go on. <laughs> it all sounded very much down my my street. And, you know, the problem I think with with health and fitness these days is that there is so much information out there it's and a lot of it is very nebulous so you almost need somebody to curate the information for you to be a prism for you and you know give you good advice on what should be the tenets of your lifestyle and your health regime and things like that so it's always good to speak to people who are well informed in the industry thank you i mean i try i really try and make it as simple as possible so, so tell us something about your story, if you don't mind. You know, how did it all start for you? How did you get into to medicine and, and holistic medicine, if I can call it that? Of course, yeah. 
Um, so I had always wanted to be a doctor since I was a small child and I was exposed to it at a very young age because my mom is a nurse midwife. So she used to take me into the delivery room with her all the time. And I would watch these mothers give birth. And Oh my God. At what <laughs> age? How old were you? Oh, I think she started when I was, you know, four or five years old or so that was in Iran. And then, um, from there, I remember I didn't like it, you know, because I was so young and I was yeah. kind of scared and I would just stand in the corner, but she wanted to expose me to it. And it was good. I'm glad she did. And then mm. at about 15, I started volunteering at her hospital and I loved everything about it. But then when I thought, do I want to do this for a career? It wasn't the perfect fit. And I had a cousin who was in naturopathy and I explored um, the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Tempe, Arizona. And I said, this is it. <laughs> what is naturopathic medicine in your mind and also how it differs and, and from conventional medicine and why you chose that path? Sure. So naturopathic medicine, naturopathy is really using what nature provides to us on mm -hmm. so many different levels to help heal our body. So naturopathy would be the big umbrella. And then okay. underneath naturopathy, we have homeopathy, we have um, traditional Chinese medicine, so that's acupuncture, we have physical medicine, so learning to do adjustments, etc. botanical medicine, you know, using herbs and making tinctures and salves to heal the body. So it's a whole... Um, that's just the big umbrella. And then you've got all these subcategories that fall underneath it. And then we specialize when we get out of school, we graduate, we decide what do we want to specialize in. And mm -hmm. so I have chosen to specialize in doing IV therapies, but using, you know, just vitamins, minerals, antioxidants to infuse the body with nutrition, if you will, and hormone uh, balancing and, you know, gut health, really going to the root of the cause to help heal those issues or imbalances in the body. You start studying to be a GP, is that right? And then it branches off at some stage? Actually, yes, that's actually very accurate. What happens is the first two years of our schooling are very similar to a traditional uh, allopathic doctor, or an MD or a DO. So we learn all the basic sciences. The major difference is that after the first two years, they pretty much start seeing patients in clinic. And unfortunately, from my viewpoint, all they learn for the majority is how to uh, prescribed medications. Whereas right. we learn that too, we do have prescription privileges based upon the state that the naturopath is practicing. However, we also have all these other great tools in our tool basket. So we continue our program in school. Um, and that's when we learn botanical medicine and homeopathy and, um, uh, you know, everything else I mentioned for that sake. Okay, so so you obviously got a good grounding in medicine in general, and then you were really drawn towards um, naturopathic medicine. So what was compelling about that avenue? And expanding upon that, do you believe that natural medicines can do everything that pharmaceutical medicines can? Oh, way beyond. I think wow. one of the best things about naturopathic medicine is you're not just 
treating symptoms. You know, when a patient comes into my office, I listen to their story. And they usually come in for one thing, but it's usually ending up we're addressing so many other things as we peel the layers of the onion back. And, uh, you know, I see on my website on the about page, it's really so much about listening to the person's soul. It's a journey that we go on together. And, you know, some modalities can be used to you know, uncover the core root of the cause that are very natural based. And sometimes every once in a while, we may need some medications briefly. But for the majority of the part, when someone's coming in with, you know, hot flashes or gut issues, we we figure out, you know, why is this person having all of the this burning in the stomach or constipation or bloating? Is it food related? Is it their lifestyle? What's really going on with the person so that they never have to experience this again once we heal it? So it's using the mind, body, and soul to really bring it all together to heal the person. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I had heard, I have heard, you can probably tell me about whether there is any validity to this idea, that GPs, as part of your normal GP training, you don't really delve into nutrition, which seems really odd. You know what? That's exactly right. Uh, from everything I know about allopathic medicine, they don't. And so they have become quite afraid of supplements. Not afraid, but they're not very welcoming to the idea of using supplements. And for those MDs and DOs who have you know, brought in their mind or are open to using nutrition to help heal the body, they then usually go and get a certificate in functional medicine so that they get a broader understanding of it. Um, and so they call themselves, you know, functional medicine doctors, etc. So it's, it's functional medicine doctors, I think the truly, honestly, a, a real functional medicine doctor is an actual traditional naturopathic doctor. Okay. So, um, you know, going and getting the certifications, yes, they get some training, but that's another reason why I love the school so much. We had, I mean, every single year we were exposed to some sort of nutritional therapy, learning about food as medicine and supplements and, you know, what supplements do what. And not all supplements are um, safe, really. You know, just because right. it's natural and it's derived doesn't necessarily mean that you can just go to, you know, the supplement store and buy, you know, uh, what's a good example? Just zinc, for example. Zinc okay. is a great example because you should never take zinc by itself. You always want to balance it off with copper. And if you take too high of a zinc by itself without copper, then it throws off a lot of different biochemistry in the body and people can um, get copper deficiency, which can throw off hormones and all sorts of different things. So it's little things like that that really make a big difference. And that's where we're I think we excel in is using uh, food as medicine, using supplements, but as medicine, you know, not just a supplement that you pop in as long as you want or without clear direction. I've always believed in the sort of tenet that, you know, you are what you eat. And there's got to be a lot of correlation between the food that you eat and how healthy you are and how much longevity you have as a person. I can't imagine it being any other way. So the idea that GPs wouldn't necessarily get a, a really, you know, specific grounding, a comprehensive grounding in diet and nutrition seems a bit outdated, which is why I'm so drawn to the sort of ideas that you're talking about. 
because it seems like there's much more of a, a you know homage paid to food within the whole you know um, as you say umbrella of, of naturopathic medicine right right what are the things that are happening in, in naturopathy at the moment which are really exciting you? What are the big advances? Is there anything in particular that's happening? You know, in terms of naturopathic medicine, gosh, we are always, we're trying to get our um, word out there. But it's funny. It's kind of like saying um, when you look at the foundation of medicine in terms of naturopathy, there it's always you can always improve on it, but okay. it's about getting the word out there and understanding, um, you know, for example, with, with what's going on with COVID right now, you know, mm. there's a lot of back and forth about does this supplement work? Does this supplement not work? Um, you know, vitamin D. Right, exactly. Vitamin D, is it really as good as they say? Or, mm. you know, andrographis or astragalus okay. or zinc or all of these supplements. And with naturopathic medicine, the great thing about the community is we are constantly doing research on, you know, updating how glutathione can be used. How can all of these other supplements be used to boost the immune system? And, you know, if COVID is attacking this part of the body, what other tools in our tool basket do we have that the allopathic world doesn't have to address those um, concerns? You know, is it working at the alveolar level of the lungs? Um, if it is, then what's it doing to the rest of the body? Can it be taken long term? So in a roundabout way to answer your question, it's we're always reinventing the wheel to make it bigger and no, I shouldn't even say bigger, just to be more clear on getting the information out there. Um, because it's, it's nature at its best. You know, if you look back at all of the books, I, I have a huge gravitational pull towards um, England and or old, old, old medicine. And when you look at, you know, in the 1800s, or even in the 1300s, when they were making salves, when they were making tinctures, it was using the same herbs we use today. And right. when we think about how, where aspirin came from, um, you know, it came from the willow plant. So salicylic acid came from willow, willow bark. And the changes that were made to it at that time, really no changes needed to be needed for today's use. It's just that it was made into a medication. And so sometimes if we go back into traditional medicine, being, you know, the old, um, the old recipes, if you mm. will, and what they used to use in those days, it's not necessarily about reinventing the wheel, but seeing how they used it. And are there other approaches in which, you know, naturopathic medicine can be used? So I think maybe that's a, a long description, if you will. No, it's a bit really concise. As usual, I'm finding out that you're a very concise person. Um, you're a very eloquent speaker. Thank you. Do you have any go-to supplements? Are there any sort of silver bullet supplements or they are they all bespoke based on the natural balance, the balance of each individual client that you deal with? Yeah, no, that's actually a really great point. So I do customize all of my therapies per patient, but I think the best medicine for everybody is truly, I would have to say not to take even supplements. 
I, I'm a firm believer that supplements should be used temporarily to achieve certain results and then allow the body's natural homeostasis once it's healed to take over. So I, I, I'm hesitant to say, yes, this supplement is good for everybody to be on. Mm. It's really about, you know, listening to our body and understanding um, what is it trying to tell you? Um, do you have a headache right now? If you have a headache right now, is it because you just ate something or mm-hmm. is it because you're stressed? Um, is it because you've been eating poorly for quite some time? Did you not get enough sleep? And sometimes by um, adjusting our diet just a little bit will give us the results that we need. Okay. And I think in today's day and time, if I had to say what supplements are the best, it would be, you know, getting in a little bit of natural sources, like you said, of vitamin D from the mm-hmm. sun or and then eating those sources in our foods, for example, you know, fatty fish um, and fatty fish that's, you know, not farmed and um, fresh water as much as possible or deep sea water. Um, so not necessarily having to take a supplement, but using those vitamins that we can find in nature to boost our immune system. Some great tips there. Now I am a vegetarian. Are there some good alternatives for me in terms of getting those amigas? As far as you're aware, I tend to take flax seeds and things like that, but I know that, you know, as somebody that doesn't, consume animal products i think the lack of fish oils is the biggest you know um issue for me in terms of my diet and and making that up elsewhere absolutely nuts and seeds are a wonderful source for that especially walnuts i i feel like walnuts are a powerful um they're power food, if you will. I first of all, I love them. Um, and there's different sources of walnuts. I find one of the most nutritional sources of walnuts are the ones they're called, um, I believe, red juglins. They're not the traditional English walnut. They actually have red skin on them. So that's okay. a great source. Um, any sort of, so pumpkin seeds are a good source. Do you sort of um, vet them yourself and that's how you work out which ones are particularly good for your health or do you do some kind of tests on the food or, oh, I mean, I- how do you come to these, how do you arrive at these conclusions about, you know, the most effective uh, products? Absolutely. I'm myself and my husband are our um primary sources of guinea pigs, if you will. <laughs> so <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I always test things on myself, whether it's an IV, a shot that I formulated, um, a food that I want to recommend. Um, because, you know, he's a lot more sensitive than I am. And so I know mm-hmm. that if it affects him a certain way, it certainly has the potential of affecting uh, a patient of mine in a very similar way. So safety is certainly a priority and also taste. Um, Mm -hmm. so making sure that the supplement tastes good or that it's tolerated well, or that the use of it is easy to take or, um, um, get into, you know, the lifestyle. Some supplements you have to take daily, some you take two or three times a day, for example. So Mm -hmm. compliance is also another thing that is, um, important to consider when recommending foods or supplements. I feel so fortunate because I feel really healthy in general. And I, I, I'm, I'm very careful to appreciate that every day and to remember how lucky I am that I am, you know, I wake up without pain and I suffer. I enjoy a healthy life in general. I, I would say that sometimes I'm in my mid 40s now. Sometimes I feel less energetic than others. Can you give me any hacks on how I might naturally improve my energy levels on those days when I'm just not, you know, 
quite at the at the races. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say if you got enough sleep and you're still feeling tired, I would maybe recommend getting your adrenals tested and okay. seeing if there is any deficiency in terms of your adrenal health. Uh, but one of the best things is getting out in the sunlight and breathing. Oh, as much fresh air as you can get. And you're so lucky that you're up north because you have such great air there. It's it, To huh. me, it seems clean and clear and crisp, obviously, depending on where you're at. But right. oxygen is a wonderful fuel for our cells and our mind, and it wakes us up. So deep, deep breaths, especially in the morning or when, when you're feeling tired, does a wonderful job at feeding the, the mind and the body. My mind is boggled when I look at all of the different services that you offer and all of the different areas that you've clearly concentrated on in your life. You just mentioned the adrenal glands there and adrenal fatigue. People have told me in the past that coffee can batter your adrenal glands. What, can you tell me anything about the adrenal glands, the function and from my position of naivety and you know, how you can, you can best uh, you, you treat your adrenal glands in order to thrive? Absolutely. So um, I like to explain it that we are adrenal glands. They sit right on top of our kidneys and they are the motor of um, or the engine of our body, if you will. And so let's start at the brain. We have our brain and then our brain feeds messages to our thyroid, which is located on the neck. And then the thyroid then sends messages to the adrenal glands. And then Mm -hmm. the adrenal glands output information to our sex hormones, so either the testes or the ovaries, and then that feeds messages back up to the brain to feed the thyroid, to go to the adrenals, to go back to the sex organs, and et cetera, right? And so if the engine is not working, we don't have the fuel to run from the tiger if the tiger is trying to chase us. It's our fight or flight response organ, right? Okay. And so if you are constantly, for example, drinking coffee to stay awake, it actually depletes uh, the, for example, the oil in the engine. And so what we want to do is we want to get in fresh oil into our body or into our blood. And that's through feeding it wonderful, you know, um, first of all, sleep is one of the best ways to feed our adrenals. But then vitamin C and B5 are great sources of it too. Um, And all sorts of other B vitamins um, are good for feeding the adrenals. Um, But we want to make sure that the adrenals are functioning properly. And when they're not, these are the people that are just fatigued throughout the day. They can't get enough sleep or they tend to wake up throughout the night and they can't go back to sleep. Um, Or, you know, it slows down the metabolism and they start putting on weight. No matter what they do, they can't release weight. So it it really is one of our primary um, uh, glands necessary for keeping us going. Interesting. So have you found then on your journey that you have, and is this why it's been compelling for you, that you've made sort of massive and notable gains in your health, in your sense of alertness and your energy levels and your general sense of well-being? Have you made massive gains over time from taking this path in life? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would say Um, there's definitely been points in my life when, well, especially in medical school, I'll never forget when I was in medical school. And at that time I was uh, a vegetarian and Mm -hmm. I decided no longer to eat meat for my love of animals. And, um, you know, medical school can be very challenging on the body and by depleting the adrenals, you know, the long hours, the studying, the stress, et cetera. 
And so I decided to go into our clinic at that time and say, I'm so tired. I have no energy. I can't function. Mm. And so, you know, they did what they needed to do and decided, let's give you a shot. First of all, unfortunately. Sorry, say, say that bit again. You just cut out a tiny bit. Let's, they said they decided to do what? To give me a shot, a vitamin oh, shot. Oh, right. Okay, cool. And um, unfortunately, they did tell me, you really need to start eating meat based on a lot of other factors, which I didn't like. Um, But I I did notice that, you know, my body type did need some meat. So, but Mm -hmm. before that, um, they decided. Well, what would this have been for, for for B12 and for iron and that sort of stuff? I mean, what in particular, what was your body lacking from not eating meat? Um, you know what it, and that goes back to eating for your blood type. So Dr. Diodamo uh, is one of the founders who also is a naturopathic doctor. He brought to the United States eating right for your blood type and he book about it and, and it's fantastic and science is there. So I'm an O, I'm an O blood type and mm-hmm. O blood types are the traditional carnivores. Um, so they thrive, their body thrives on getting their nutrition from red meat and vegetables ah, primarily, okay. primarily. Um, so anyhow, that being said, one of the shots they gave me, as soon as they did give me that shot, uh, which was a rather large one, <laughs> right in my bum. <laughs> oh my which God. Was, I think my first exposure to anything like that, which is funny because now that's what I offer people in my office at all times. So, um, yeah, they gave me the shot. It was at about, I think I was at the clinic at about 5 p.m. at night, and I almost. I, I felt like I could take a rocket to the moon. I had so much energy. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was on the phone. I was telling all my friends. I was driving home so excited. I, I thought, how is this possible? And all they gave me, do you know, were B vitamins and some homeopathic remedies. Incredible. So it was all natural. It was all natural. And wow. from that point on, I said, so that's a good example of, I said, I have to incorporate this in my practice once I graduate at that time. Amazing. So yeah, so now I give um, anybody who decides that they need it or, you know, actually it's legitimately um, scientifically in their blood work that says, you know, they're lacking of B vitamins, they're welcome to stop in at the shop bar and get a vitamin shot. Amazing. Is there anything, any research that you've done which suggests that you, if you take supplements, certain supplements too frequently, then your body will stop producing them naturally? Absolutely. Yes. Um, so, um, well, here's the thing. If it's a glandular, um, yes, it does have the potential to do that. Okay. Um, uh, or hormones. It Mm -hmm. certainly does. And then, you know, you do have to take into account not all supplements are created equal. So you want to make sure (laughs) that the sources of all the supplements you're taking are as clean as possible because you never know what you're taking in your body on a day in and day out basis. And so if your body does get reliant on things for, you know, certain months to years, then sometimes weaning off of them is important, but any um, exogenous hormone. So whether it's progesterone or testosterone or estrogen or some glandulars, your body does shut down its own production of it. Not all glandulars, I should say, but definitely hormones. So once you begin hormone therapy, you do need to, you know, take into account that your body stops producing it because it's getting it from an outside source. Interesting. Okay. Um, everything that I've read about fasting 
uh, impresses me and I've tried it myself and I like the idea of it. What do you think about fasting in terms of its efficacy in killing, you know, bad um, cells in your body and regenerating new healthier ones? Uh, I think it is wonderful. However, I think it's really dependent on the person. Would I recommend it to someone that is hypoglycemic and, you know, their blood sugar is um, going up and down and up and down and up and down? No, not until we get that stabilized. I think it's absolutely wonderful to do for patients that, um, you know, have cardiovascular disease and um, diabetes in that regard. And okay. they need to get a hold on how much they're feeding their body, what types of foods they're eating, feeding their body, um, and to kind of give their body a break. So you think it's more effective for people that are overweight, for example, than for people who are simply trying to, you know, refresh and regenerate the cells in their body? Yes, I'm, I'm I think it's fine to do intermittently, meaning mm -hmm. by intermittent, I don't mean intermittent fasting. I mean, you know, if, if, a, if someone wants to do it for a month or so, go ahead, try it. But I don't believe it's something that everybody should take, start beginning and saying, okay, this is the way that I'm going to eat from now on. Mm -hmm. I think, I think uh, it's a good kickstart um, and it's a means to an end, but it's not um, a, a healthy long-term approach. I was going to ask you why, even though we've got such great technology and, you know, it's stuff available to us these days that we still find it so hard to maintain healthy lifestyles. And I suppose part of the reason is because what you keep saying to me, which is that, you know, a healthy lifestyle is bespoke for each individual. Very much so. And, and that's why um, naturopathy is so unique. It's not a cookie cutter approach. It's really about sitting down with each and every individual, understanding who they are and what they're going through, and then establishing a treatment that can help to bring balance to their body, their lifestyle, their needs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a selfish question now because my wife is six months pregnant. It's the first Aww. time we've had a child. Uh, we're very excited. Thank you so much. Um, we're thrilled and and a little bit apprehensive at the same time because obviously it's our first time. As I said, I'm a vegetarian and I'm not asking you to give me, you know, the gospel on how safe or, or healthy it is to have a vegetarian baby. But in your opinion, is it something that I need to be really careful about? Would you prescribe a vegetarian diet for a baby or, or do you think there are just too many uh, risks potentially well if it was my child what i would do is actually get their blood type and start them after a certain age uh, mm -hmm. you know once they can start to eat you know um, whole foods if you will um, i would start them on eating for their blood type I see. Okay. Very much yeah. so. I don't even know my blood type. I'm so embarrassed to admit that now we're having this conversation. People, <laughs> a lot of people don't. But it's a great way of finding out about your sort of bodily makeup and, and how you should supplement, if at all. Absolutely. I, I have to tell you, you know, it's only because of my years of working with so many patients and seeing just simple changes on people eating based on their genetics. It makes a world of difference. I mean, from I've put people who have cardiovascular disease on a meat diet, or I've put um, wow. vegans on it, and it's completely changed their life. And you know what? Vice versa as well. Some people need to be vegetarians based on their blood type. It's absolutely essential. Some people mm. cannot break down proteins or high fats. So um, 
it, these are all important things to consider. Thank you so much for that advice. That's absolutely brilliant. I want to ask you about the power of placebo, because I know that with a lot of holistic medicines, I hear this argument that um, a lot of a lot of holistic medicine is placebo, but that's cool because it actually works. Placebo actually works. How you important know, is the power of the mind and how, how important is the power of placebo? Do you believe in it? Do you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I think it's, um, you know, the power of suggestion is highly influential. However, I think when it comes to medicine, mm. that can only take us so far because we are able to heal our bodies with our minds. But I also think that some people need a, uh, a physical manifestation in terms of taking something or changing something to, to begin them on their healing process. So I think it is powerful, but okay. to some degree. What about the people in your field? Like who inspires you most? Who are the people that you go to sources for new information and for dialogue about this, uh, this sort of space? Is there anybody in particular that, you, that really inspires you? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. It's, you know, it's the, the teachers that I had in school, the professors. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be doing them justice if I, if I just named a few, but mm. everybody from Dr. Paul Anderson to Dr. Debbie Smith, Dr. Dan Rubin to, I mean, there's so many of them. Dr. Diodamo. Um, it's just it's just great to get some of these references speaking to such a learned person in this field you know because it gives some great references to my listeners yeah absolutely absolutely and i think you know if someone is looking for a nature path that's close to them while i do offer virtual consults i think it's great. good to have um options out there they can always go to uh naturopathic.org and find a naturopathic doctor to see in person Ah, okay. But your website, if people want to get in touch with you, is drnavana.com. Correct. Nice and snappy. <laughs> Thank you. Is there a transformative book that you've read in the past that you'd, you'd like to shed light on? Well, if I have to be honest, it's my husband's book. Wow. <laughs> it is, yeah, it, it is the last book that I read. And it not only will change your life, it will change your mindset on so many different levels from business to um, being an entrepreneur to uh, how to run your business to um, using your soul to guide you in you're life. not you're not you're not you're not married to Tim Ferriss are you no <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> he sounds similarly inspirational that's very funny no um <laughs> it's my husband's book so um his book is called the corporate undertaker and it okay. really is one of those that, and it's a fast read. It's a great read. He's a wonderful writer. And um, I, I'm not just saying it because he's my husband. He, he really is one of those. And for anybody that chooses to read it, they, they'll see for themselves. It's, it's a great book. The Corporate Undertaker. Correct. And it is all true. And it's based on his life story. And he has um, lessons in there on... Um, what he talks about in the book and how to implement the changes that he recommends if they choose to go down that path. Expect an email from me in the next week or so begging to interview your husband next. 
<laughs> you got it. <laughs> Tell me about your podcast. Is it a labor of love? Is it something that you enjoy doing? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I try and do it once a week, but it's hard when, you know, trying to run your own practice, etc. But I love doing it. I love mm. it. It just, you know, I'm one of those that I like to get in as much information as quickly as possible. People have very little time nowadays. And um, I'm one of those, I love quick bites. So I arranged the podcast to be under 15 minutes so I can just, you know, share some tidbits and some tips on natural health, uh, gut related, hormone related, whatever I, I can think of that I feel like, you know what, I think we need to discuss this, whether it's I've been getting a lot of questions about it, or people are emailing or asking about it. And I just think, you know, people need to know about, for example, um, what is the one I did today? Actually, it was on um, belly fat, and how to get rid of belly fat. So fantastic you know, fast, quick, easy. Um, and it's all about using natural medicine to regenerate the body. Because if we can regenerate every cell of our body naturally, then we won't have to worry about belly fat in the future. Right. How do you get the inspiration to come up with new subject matters all the time? Is it just stuff that you come across when you're treating clients, etc.? It is. And, you know, I also get a lot of questions through my social media. And uh, oftentimes, you know, it's hard for me because I think that because I know it, it it's it's um, not worth talking about because I just what? assume other people are bored of it or they have, you know, already had exposure to it or what have you. But what I'm finding is that's very much not the case. So I like to break it down to the basics. And um, in no way do I want to say that people don't know anything. I always feel like they know too much. And I'm just, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm harping on things. But in in reality, I'm finding that people actually are really enjoying them. And that that's really the best compliment that I could get. Yeah, I mean, the reason, the main reason that I make podcasts is to learn, and I have learned so much from you. I'm so grateful. Oh, you are so kind. Well, I could just listen to you day in and day out. <laughs> Your voice is so soothing, and um, you you have great questions, and you know, I love your podcast. I love the way it's displayed and your website and the pictures and the content. You've really done a fabulous job. Checks in the mail. <laughs> it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you and i know that you've got to kick off and do some other stuff now so i'll let you go but um if you ever want another chat with me about the latest innovations in natural medicine please don't hesitate to to look me up oh oliver you've been such a pleasure i i feel the same way <sighs> the natural high Remember to tap subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts in order to get every new show straight to your phone.